Welcome to the Performance Podcast. This is your fearless host and leader, Sean Kirby with the Performance Group. I want to take a second to say thank you for tuning in. Our intention behind this podcast is to give you the opportunity to learn more about us individually and as a company. And with that being said, um, today we are with a uh, fellow small business owner slash uh, business partner of ours with Adam Scanlon of Tricked Out Car and Truck Sales. He's... Um, Pretty much the older brother I never had or asked for, but I ended up with anyways. He's a, I guess you could call him a mentor of mine, somebody who's been through a similar, you know, feat of trying to get into the, an industry at a young age and an awesome dude he really is. So welcome, Adam. I appreciate it, man. Welcome to my Thanks couch. for having me. Well, welcome to it. So um, I wrote out a list of questions of things that I might already know the answer to, similar to when I asked my dad. But then again, I went through the one with you know my dad, and I found out a lot of things were <clears throat> maybe misplaced in my mind or things that I didn't even know were true or possible. That son of a gun is one talent, talented dude. So today I would like to find out how talented you really are. <laughs> or really aren't, maybe. Maybe that's the real yeah, answer Yeah, maybe I that's find a better I found out that you're just human. All right, so my first question, which I think is a good question, is um, give me a little bit of your background. Um, how did you go from, you know, a, a kid going to, um, what was it? It's an Uno? Yeah, diesel mechanic. Yep. So uh, in high school, uh, knew I didn't really want a desk job. You know, tried to figure out really what I wanted to do for a living. Um was working for a plumbing company at the time. Had a good opportunity there that uh, he really wanted me to become a plumber. Was, Is that the toilet company? Yeah. Um, wanted to put me through school for plumbing. Yeah. Said, I'll pay you to do it. You know, I have you know, a good job, you know, 50 grand a year. Go through school, give you a company truck eventually, kind of, you know, work up that. It just didn't seem interesting to me, truthfully. I just yeah. didn't like to do it. So um, went to school, University of Northwestern Ohio, Lima, Ohio. Um, went three weeks after I graduated high school is a two two year dual associate degree. So there was no time off. You went to school two years straight. You got I don't know, maybe a week in the fall off and I think a week and a half off around Christmas. But other than that it was pretty much straight through. Um, got done with school and in the meantime I guess I should back up during school, uh, met your dad, who's obviously my business partner and tricked out and sunblockers. And you know, never really even talked about business, but, you know, kind of worked for your dad and got, kind of, um, you know, did some odds and ends things for him. And, uh, you know, one day he said, hey, have you ever thought about opening a business? Well, I'd always kind of thought about it. Um, you know, I kind of always liked to play the, you know, games on your phone, the entrepreneur, the lemonade stand. That was always... Yes, yeah. lemonade stand. Um, <laughs> that, that was the one, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you make your own mixture and sell it and, you know, hopefully you, you yeah, make you more money. So. turn a profit by the end exactly. of the day. Exactly. So, you know, I'd always kind of done stuff like that. You're not always selling something. Yeah, or, you're you know. bred for it, basically, right. lemonade game. So, you know, my grandpa was an entrepreneur, um, carpenter, did, you know, garage doors, that kind of thing. So, I guess, I guess you could say it was in the family. You know, my parents aren't uh, entrepreneurs, but... Um, you know, had an opportunity to start uh, a business with your dad, and it was really just, hey, you know, what do you uh, what do you want to do? You want to work for somebody the rest of your life, or you want to work for yourself? So, had an interview after I got out of college. Um, you know, it was forty grand in debt. I was going to have to buy, you know, fifteen grand worth of tools. Yeah. And my first interview, they offered me thirteen dollars an hour. Hell yeah! 
And it just, I was like, you know, I, I was making more money in high school than yeah, I, than I was. Out exactly. Coming out of, um, you know, college with a dual associate degree and 40 grand in debt plus tools. I mean, I could, I can at least make 13 bucks an hour doing something for myself. What, what, to back up and not to cut you off, but what pushed you towards Lima, Ohio, and Uno? I know there was a lot of kids out of Pendleton that ended up that direction that, so the one probably thing, ended up in similar shoes when they came out of school. Yeah, so I, the, the biggest deciding factor for me going to that school, because there's, there's some really good schools. There's one down in Nashville. Um, I was more on the ag side, so I really didn't want to work on semis. Um, I really want to work on farm equipment, you know, combines, tractors, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the problem I didn't like is I don't like to be, and I guess this is just my personality, I don't like to be told what to do. And so if you go to, like, uh, Terre Haute has a really good program, but you have to choose whether you're going Case IH or you have to go John Deere. Yeah. Now, technology, the way that it is now, it's pretty close, but I didn't want to come out of college and then go, okay, well, I can only go work at John Deere. Yeah, it limits you. Exactly. Or I can only go work at Case IH, where up there, it's more of a, hey, we're going to work on everything. We're going to teach you the basics, which, in my opinion, that's what college is. I mean, there's no learning like real world experience. Absolutely. On the job training. So I decided to go up there for, you know, that was the closest place that didn't make you choose. I could have went to Nashville, but you know, I, I'm a family guy, so I like to be home. I, you know, I like to see you know, all friends, family, and that kind of thing. So that's really why I went up there is because I didn't have to choose. I'd still have the same technical degree, yeah. but I could go wherever I wanted. Um, you know, timing-wise for me, when I graduated, you know, the economy was not the greatest, so yeah. they just weren't paying people the way that they were. So you know, I kind of had a conversation, a couple conversations with your dad. And he just said, hey, what do you think? You know, this is kind of what I'm thinking, you know, in the auto business style. So when we actually started, we started as a used car lot. There you go. And those turn out good for some people or nobody. Yeah. So, you know, we, we enjoyed going to the auctions. It was a lot of fun. You know, they sell, I don't know, 1,500 cars in three hours. You get a pretty good, you know, adrenaline rush from it. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, it's just hard. It was hard to make money at it. You know, at the same time, that's kind of when cash for clunkers was on the rise. So these dealerships, anything that was worth keeping, the dealerships kept it, had to pay, you know, buy here, pay here a lot at their dealerships, and then all the junk went to the, you know, the auctions. Yeah. And you could still get deals, but it was just hard to make money in it. Well, you know, when we, I've always tinkered around on the aftermarket accessory side. So we kind of said, okay, let's try this. Well, we were doing that and the cars at starting out. And, and, you know, like any new business, you just fight your way through it, and you're always going to have a slow period, and you just try to get the word out there that you got a business and pray that people come, you know, do stuff. So fortunate for us, um, you know, kind of did like a soft opening. We didn't really have a big grand opening yeah. um, for probably six months. But then we can kind of see that it really got traction on the auto accessory side, which is something that I was more familiar with you can control it where, you know, if we buy a vehicle from the auction, you can't control if the transmission's going to go out. Yeah. It's going to go out whether it's going to go out or it's not. That's, mean, a, that's <laughs> an expensive um, issue there. Exactly. So, you know, we put all of our chips in the auto accessory side, and now it's five years ago, and, you know, now we're kicking strong. So. Yeah, so much for detailing cars when you first started. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean that's just another, I guess, lesson that we learned. You know, we used to spend, you know, I don't know, six, eight hours on detailing a car, you know, for 175 bucks. And yeah, you don't have a lot of time in it, but then we started getting into the window tinting and 
you know, all the stuff that we really are known for now. Yeah. And once we kind of got into that, it was like, okay, why are we you know, wasting time with <laughs> detailing cars and making tent, you know, six cars in the same amount of time? Well, it's part of being a young business and especially in the business, you know, from your mentor being my dad. Like, it wasn't exactly like, that wasn't his forte. It's not like that. that's his background. No, and, and really I think, you know, he, he kind of taught me a lot in the simple fact of, you know, he'll give you all the tools that you need in the business stuff, but when it comes down to the actual work, and that's that's all that was all on me. You know, for the first three years, we didn't employ anybody. It was me doing a hundred percent of everything. So I sold it. I did the work. If there's any issues, it came back and I fixed it. I mean, well, you've become become the expert, right? Yeah. Um, you 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 were so fully immersed in it, and I will say that only because my dad's kind of done the exact same thing with you know my business is. He took his hands off the wheel and said, good luck, let me know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, and I exactly. cussed him out every <laughs> single night before I went to bed for it. Yeah, you know, and I think that, you know, kind of has, uh, I mean, I guess after you start the business, you know, for me it was a lot of, and any business owner, I guess I'm not you know, any different, but for me it was, you know, how am I going to grow this thing? And then, you know, the defeat of, okay, we haven't done anything in a while, you know, for me, luckily, you know, he at least had other things I could go do. I had other jobs I could at least make some you were money doing. Manager for a little bit. Exactly, but it's also one of those things. It's like, okay, well, if you're really going to start a business and grow it into what you want, how are you going to make it grow? So that was a a lot of hard work and days, months, weeks that you just feel defeated. You're like, man, this isn't going anywhere. Why don't I just go get a nine to five job somewhere? Yeah, somebody will pay me more. Than exactly. Right so you kind of ask yourself, you know, is it worth it? Well, I would say the one thing Dad's always said is, "Would you rather be underpaid now to be overpaid someday?" Right. And that's the that's the motivation. Heck yeah, I'll take you know scraps right now. But if you have the promise of your own ability and efforts, and there's nothing. Like coming home from a hard hard day that you did on your own, and you have a good paycheck because you did that. Right. You know, and those didn't. You know, good paychecks didn't come for a while. You know, it was it was working a lot of hours for you know two or three hundred bucks. You, know, you worked fifty hours that week. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> you made you made three hundred dollars. You're like, oh man, that's <laughs> that ain't nothing. That's but, you're eating Taco Bell three nights a week. You know, so you know, really, when I got started it was you know it was nice to have him as a mentor and still do i mean i still you know talk to him daily but it was nice to for him to kind of not really run the business but give me the tools that i needed to yeah. and the motivation some days <laughs> come in there and go oh my god you know <laughs> this sucks you know what am i doing this for and you know just kind of have those conversations so that's kind of how we you know really got started was I thought it was going to be a diesel mechanic and got another opportunity and ran with it and just ran with it. So now it's grown to, you know, we have tricked out. Now we have uh, sunblockers, which we just tend on residential and commercial buildings and tricked out motorsports where we sell little mini Jeeps. So Yeah, check them all out on Facebook under those exact names. To start you know, to start one business and then to look back and, you know, I'll be 27 then a week from tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say. And to own three businesses and you know it's just a lot of fun it's uh not exactly where you thought you were going to be when you no, went not Lima. even not even a little bit but you know every day that i go to work it's a new um it's something new and every day has its you know different challenges and problems and you know, that's what i like most about probably just being an entrepreneur is you've 
got a problem in front of you and yeah. you've got to solve it and no such thing as monotony no not not at all i mean you know we can i can go from tinting a car to spraying a bed liner to putting a lift kit on to you name it you know selling, yeah, <laughs> selling looking, a commercial film your marketing job, so. look at you know what i mean like yeah. you wear all the hats it's one it's a, it's an amazing thing to go from a kid that just was supposed to be you know turning wrenches to now you are one of the leading small business owners in Pendleton, let alone a young professional doing it. So yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing to watch. Um, I did have one question for you. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Um, young professional, I'm in, you know, imagine you, but three years younger, different in- industry, right? Very much so. So hindsight's twenty twenty. If you had to look back at all the stuff in years that you've been working what do you think your your biggest you know mis- maybe not mistake but what would you do different than the way that it happened the first time around would you change anything you know i'm not one to to wish time away or, or or to change stuff i think everything that happens whether it be good or bad you always learn a lesson from it yeah um you know for me for for what i do my college helped in the sense of you know we work on vehicles um, yeah, I, I kind of basic knowledge. You know yeah, I mean? the, like, the basic knowledge, you know. So they're not they teach you the processes of things, but you're going to get out in the real world, and some guy's going to show you, hey, yes, this is the right way to do it. Let me show you. Here's maybe a couple corners you can cut that doesn't sacrifice anything, but saves you a little bit of time and shows you an easier way to do it. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't say not go to college. You know, I don't really think I'd do a lot different. Yeah. Um, Definitely some marketing things, probably, that I've just learned. But without trial and error, marketing's right. the son of a gun to try and figure out. Exactly. Especially in a small community. I mean, we, we still deal with it, I mean, every day. I mean, there's always things, technology changes, you know, so much where you're constantly having to look at the the newest, latest, greatest thing, you know, what's going to work. Yeah. Um, I don't really think I'd change anything because everything that I've done has taught me a lesson. Either, hey, that was really good, you should do it. Um, again, or no, you shouldn't do it because it costs you, you know, costs you money. Yep, that one was an expensive learning. Exactly, tool. but I don't really think I'd do anything, you know, different. Um, you know, met a couple really good buddies in college, so you know, if I hadn't went there, that would have been yeah, it's an expensive <laughs> exactly. way to uh, make friends. And but without that education, do you think my dad would have put you in the same position, right? You know, without you having. An auto background. You know, I've always been an auto guy. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always done that. Tinkered. So, you know, I, I can't answer it for your dad, but, you know, I, I think what your dad maybe had saw was somebody that was <clears throat> in something I've always, my mom kind of, you know, instilled in us was somebody was just hard work. Yeah. You know, hard work goes a little bit longer, a little bit farther in my opinion. Um, you can have all the brains and the knowledge and everything behind stuff, but... If you don't have the work ethic, then what's it matter? Well, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, right? 100% of the time. And, you know, I think, and not to point out your stature in front of the millions of people that are (laughs) listening to this, but being a small dude that you are, like, you've always kind of had to work hard and put in that extra grit to prove yourself to people. You're right. I mean, like, people... Well, on the farm equipment especially. I mean, you don't lift anything on a farm. I mean, I think about working on a combine. Yeah. They're not small pieces. 
So, you know, that was kind of another factor of why I kind of didn't want to do that. It was like, man, my body's going to be a wreck by the time I'm yeah. 40. It's like, you know, do, do you really want to do that on somebody else's, you know, dime? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got buddies that, you know, do... Uh, Nothing wrong with turning wrenches. No, no, I mean, not at all. They make a good living and, you know, they love what they do, but, you know, it, it just wasn't for me. I just, I always wanted something a little bit more and, yeah. um, you know, I kind of wanted a little bit different of a lifestyle, I guess. Um, you know, I really wanted to you know, be there for kids and, you know, and that kind of thing and work in pharma, you know, you, if you're a road tech for a service yeah. industry in the farm, your spring and fall, you're on their, on their call. I mean, yeah, it turns it, to a work-life balance. It, yeah. You are matter. one of the hardest working most, like I'll be at work six days a week, 15 hours a day, but someday there's a whole reason that you, you've done what you've done is you're exactly. trying to create a business that eventually can work for you right by working yourself right and not that not that i don't want to work especially when i get older but it'd definitely be nice to go you know okay i we got kids i'm recently married so for me it'd be nice to just go hey you know my kids got a baseball game or a t-ball game or whatever it is and i'm out of here and you know whoever's at the shop can run the shop and i don't have to worry about things getting done and doing that kind of thing so one of the other questions I actually had written down now that you brought up your bride, um, Erica, who's a wonderful woman, right? You guys have been Very much since so. last year. September. September year. what? 22nd. Good answer. You're coming up on your first anniversary then. Very much so. Any big plans? Uh, actually, I'm in a tent competition. You're in a tent competition. A national competition. Yeah, go ahead and tell us all how interesting that is. Well, you win fifteen grand if you. Awesome. If you win it, so. so tell me about this <laughs> tent competition and how can I get into so it? So it's it's it might be worth the go to. It's Where's, actually in Indianapolis this year, which is the first time it's ever been. So not too far from home, which will be nice. Cool. Um, Do you need a cheering section? You can go. Me and uh, baby Rubes. Yeah. We'll just get her a little there. tricked out T-shirt. Yeah. Very little. She'll only be two months old. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, um, I have a pregnant fiance, and we are due next week or two weeks from now. So very soon, will we have a little baby, little baby rooms. So what I was getting at with my question about Erica, your wonderful bride, um, I would say this is a struggle point with a lot of entrepreneurs in general, let alone young entrepreneurs, old entrepreneurs. Like everybody's kind of got to learn how to get through this, and it's one of those things where. You know, I'm also learning and going through with Case and all the other things. So tell me what it's like to get your spouse on board. Get your partner to understand that 15 hours a day, which work-life balance, right? That's what everybody wants and that's the reason they get into this or get into entrepreneurship is I want to be able to spend time with my family and work really hard. You right now work really hard six days a week. Um, tell me how you go through the relationship of getting to know, falling in love. Because you did all this while building a business, right? Yeah. We you, got then together. you planned a wedding and got married. Yeah, we How do together. you do a million things as well as show somebody that you love them and get them on board? Because you know, not a lot of people are business-minded. So you almost – especially like girls that are in the medical field, which that's just – where right. my fiance works, and that's what um, Erica does. So the, their brains just aren't necessarily oriented that way, and the, the hospitals don't want them to be, I guess. So how do you get her on board? You know, it's for her and I, and you know, obviously can't speak for other people. You know, it wasn't always, you know, it just didn't come natural. 
you know, because for me, when we got together, I was only like a year and a half into the business. Yeah. So we were really just starting to kind of get some traction to like, people were actually starting to know like who we were. Um, so at that point, you know, when you're on the rise, you're just grinding every single day. Yeah. Talking to anybody. I mean, you live, eat, and breathe the business to grow it. So it, it was hard. You know, she doesn't come from, she has no entrepreneurs in her family. Yeah. So she, she didn't really understand it. And that's not, you know, a knock on her, but it was hard for her and I because she just, she didn't see it right away. So, you know, and obviously get into a fresh, you know, relationship, you're not just going to be like, oh, here, you know, here are the books hard, to the business. Yeah, here's like, hard numbers. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's a delicate balance of, you know, they, they need to know, you know, kind of what goes on. What you, know, you this, do and why you do Exactly. It. I, I wouldn't, you know, for me, I obviously didn't tell her numbers for, you know, quite some time, but yeah. You know, there was a lot of ups and downs, and she really didn't understand, um, you know, why we were doing what we were doing. But, you know, I think time kind of helped that, and, you know, we always, we, we you, hit it off. Yeah, when so, did you find time to hang out? Or did you text it, her? To, I don't, so, like, my bad, I'm terrible at texting people in general, let alone the one that I love the most in this world. Because I'm, I'm, I'm at work, I'm doing whatever right. I got, I'm on the phone, all I do is talk. I mean, exactly. that's the reason that we invented a podcast was literally all I do is talk to the point of my dad tells me to shut up and go into another room. So <laughs> I bought two microphones so I could talk to other people. Yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah, I mean, you just, you talk when you can and, you know, she was, uh, she's an ultrasound and x-ray technician, so she couldn't really be on the phone much during the day, yeah. which really kind of benefited me more than it probably did her just because i had a million other things to do but you know she was really good about she always show she was a prn so she just picked up you know random shifts so she didn't really work like nine to five it yeah. was you know one day maybe nine to five the next day maybe seven to eleven at night um so you know, we always tried to make sure we had time to you know, eat lunch together maybe dinner together you find time right i mean that's really what it boiled down to so you know i i feel like if she wasn't, you know, serious. Like, if we weren't that serious, then it probably would have just faded out. But yeah. we kind of realized, you know, hey, this is something we both like. And, you know, I like her and she likes me. So we're going to try to make it work. And then, you know, we've been together for four years now. Mm. Going on our fifth year. and Congratulations. Appreciate it. And we still, you know, you still have to try to make time. You it's know, hard. Now she gets it. Um, you know, just where we are in the business. It's grown at a pretty good rapid pace and you know we have another business now so it's cool for me because now she you know being together for as long as we she kind of sees like oh okay like i can kind of see where this is going to be in 20 years yeah um so now she gets excited about the business but it wasn't always like that so you just really got to work at it and just be honest and you know the biggest thing for me was if she'd say hey you know can you do this at five o'clock yeah, I just tell her, look, I I can't make that. My biggest, oh god, yeah, I, I, I can't make that promise to you because I don't want to make a promise. That I'm I can't so keep. bad about my timing. I'll be home in, and I was like that when an I was hour there. and a half. It's always what I say. Well, it's not even an hour and a half. I'll be there at six thirty, and I get tied up. I'm a wrestling coach too. You know what I mean? Like I just right. I'm bad about it. Well, I just like, can't help it. Every day when we, I mean, we wake up in the morning, obviously together. Yes. And that's important. You know, we at least have somewhat of a time together. Now, I'm more guilty because I sleep like a ton of rocks. So, I mean, a hurricane could go through our house and I'd probably still be sleeping. But 
you know, I at least try to wake up, you know, in the morning and see her, even if it's for 10 minutes. Yeah. And, I, you know, always ask, hey, when, what time are you going to be home? She'll ask me and I'll say, you know, I'm going to try and be home by this time, but I, you know, I, I can't answer that. I'll, call me on your way home and we'll talk about it because yeah. there, there's a million things that could change between now and then. So it's just hard. But, you know, you just make it work. I mean, you know, she gets it. key. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things, don't promise something and, and not follow through with yeah. it. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Very much so. Yeah, that's it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I know I need to get better about. Um, but I wasn't know. good at it either. I mean, at, and Yeah, I've only been running and only really gotten into, into our industry and, in like, trying to grow the business. And that has been within the last year. And Casey's schedule changed. So, yeah, that kind of throws everything. So we're just trying to figure out. Now Ruby's going to be here. In right. I think you just got to get to, like, try to get into a routine. Yeah, and we don't have one because our schedules are backwards. Because exactly. she works nights and I work days. And, and that's tough. I mean, that's something that we never went through. Luckily, she was always working at least yeah. during the day or early And her evening. being, you know, eight and a half months pregnant, I'm sure, adds a little bit of self to that. Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you guys got a little bit of stuff going on. And that's okay. That's the exciting thing because someday we're all going to be smiling and Ruby's going to be in the office watching Dad work and Mom's <laughs> going to be sitting there shaking her head saying, Sean, you're still an hour and a half late. It's been 15 <laughs> years. It's about time to figure this out. All right, so I would like that answer. Um, I think that's one that a lot of small business owners probably struggle with. Um, I would say that <laughs> I'm sure that the small business owner or entrepreneur um, – divorce rate is higher than the national average even though the national average is above 50 percent. yeah well it just takes a lot of work i mean it's it's another job inside of you know it's just part of being an entrepreneur is look i've got to do this they gotta be a teammate yeah they they can't work against you i mean you know your spouse needs to be your biggest fan which and your sounding board yeah i mean casey sits there and listens to me talk for hours every night she right. Smiles. Well, any any decision I make, you know, at the business, you know, Erica knows why I'm making it. Yeah. Because if, if I come home stressed out, you know, stressed out or, or yeah, sometimes or, I get or mad. Yeah. I mean, there'll, there'll be days where you know we had a, I had a bad day, and if she doesn't know why, and then I come home and I'm you know a little snappy, yeah. Then you know I, I don't mean it towards her, but it's something that she needs to know and be just involved in the business as I am. Now she's not there day to day. But she needs to know why we're doing this stuff. Which is an important thing for small business owners. A lot of people keep their cards pretty close to the chest. A lot of people don't like to delegate or even explain themselves. I think conversation's key. Communication's key. All right, so I was um, thinking about this the other day. So five years in, right? What, and this this is an interesting question because it can be answered multiple ways. What is the biggest win that you've ever had in your industry. And when I say win, this could be a multitude of things. This could be you know, landing a huge contract or whatever it is, or doing X amount of sales in one month because you worked your tail off. Or maybe it's something that you've developed into your processes and services as you've grown. So what is your biggest win, capital W-I-N, that you've ever had? I think there's a couple of them that come to mind. Probably the first one is to actually be able to like afford to live on my own. So when I started the business, I was still living with my mom. Yeah. And then I I moved out. So I think a year and a half into the business, and 
it was really just on a hope and a prayer. It's like, man, I really got to make this work. Cause, well, no, yes, no motivator I was, like right, I was, having to do something. Right, I was 19 and moved out of my mom's house. And <clears throat> I've always told myself when I moved out, I'm not going back. So I'm going to make it work. No matter what I have to do, I don't care if I have to work six jobs as well as build the business. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going back. So that was probably the big one of the biggest ones to me. That was probably the first one that I got. That I I was actually starting to make enough money that I could afford to live on my own. wasn't rich, but you know, still had to watch every dime that I spent. But the revenue was coming in enough that I could at least pay my rent, pay my bills. Have a decent vehicle to drive that wasn't you know breaking down all the time. Yeah, and then that kind of transitioned into uh, we got an opportunity that we built a Jeep for the SEMA show out in Las Vegas. That so, was a pretty awesome thing. For who's listening that doesn't know what the SEMA show is, um, it's the largest aftermarket accessory show in the world, and we were chosen to build a vehicle for that show for a vendor of ours that we carry. Um, it, it was a pretty big honor, you know. It's it, that was always a goal of mine. You know, you always see these vehicles that get a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars sometimes put yeah. in these vehicles. I mean, they just deck them out, and then they take them out to Las Vegas, and every square inch of the convention center is just decked with all these trucks and cars, and I mean, the most beautiful vehicles that you've seen. Yeah. So to be able to be twenty, I was twenty six at the time yeah, last year, and was able to build a vehicle for the SEMA show and then be able to go out there and like see exactly what we built. That was really cool for me. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do growing up. I always, you, know, you see the pictures of stuff. Yeah, you see the Instagram page. You see all right. these dudes that are, you know, they're, they're custom. Yeah, the, chi- and- yeah the, the chip fooses of the world that go out there. And, you know, granted, we didn't do it quite on <laughs> chip fooses scale. Still, but though. It was, it was just a really cool deal um, you know, to be able to do that and to kind of put that on you know a resume i guess you could say uh of things that we've we've been fortunate to to do at the shop and probably the third one was to be able to hire a guy full-time um you know for me in part of my business plan is you know i want to be able to hire a couple people and not just hire you know people that aren't gonna you know they'll be there a couple years and they're gonna go find a better job really to be able to hire somebody to where you go look we can actually hire people young and grow them into a position to where they're going to grow. Well, that's what happened to you. Right. I- exactly the same thing that did for me. You know, when when I wanted to hire somebody, I didn't want to hire somebody at 10 bucks an hour and go, okay, you know, we're going to have you 20 hours a week and then you're going to have to go find, you know, something else to do. I really wanted to grow somebody, kind of my right hand as the business grew. I could find that one right person that could come in and do everything that I could do if I'm not there or if I'm busy doing something else. Um, and you know, we really found that guy. So that was, that was probably my recent win that I've had in the business. And then personally to be able to afford to hire somebody, he loves what he does. He's awesome at what he does. Um, and has the same vision for the business that I do. You know, he didn't want just another job. Yeah. He kind of wanted a career out of it. So I think that's pretty cool to be able to, you know, go to work every day. And the guy working next to you has got the same mindset that you do as, you know, let's grow the business. Hard to find. Yeah, I mean, it was a unicorn. <laughs> it's it's the hardest thing to find in business. And it's one of those that once you find one, you'll do anything in the world to never let them go. Yeah, and, and I kind of seen that early. You know, he kind of came in on the SEMA build, which that was a big build. I mean, that was 
That's the hardest thing that we've done at the shop. I believe to it. Date. It's Be- the most intricate thing you've ever done. We probably put $40,000 worth of free aftermarket accessories on one vehicle. So it, it wasn't... You'd bolt something on or, or, or custom fab it up and... You'd put it on there to go put the next part on to realize you had to take the last three things that you put on there off to make this one work. So imagine just throwing a whole bunch of stuff in a pile and then going, where do you even start? Yeah. So it took us six months. I mean, it was a a, six-month deal from start to finish. A nice, um, again, everything's a learning lesson at the end of it, right? Yeah, and we learned a ton off of it. And it was good to have Grant there for, he was there for the last two months of it. Um, So I did... You know, four months worth of it, you know, plus all while the trying other to do stuff, everything right? else. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of work, but it was cool to have him there. It kind of showed me, you know, really how committed he really wanted to be, and man, he stepped up huge and you know, knocked it out of the park. So still there today, and you know, loves his job. And I hope he's going to be there the rest of his life. Yeah, I mean, he's truly a guy that never gives somebody can... a reason to leave. I mean, if you can find somebody, I think, and you know, what we do and. We're a family business, right? You know, right. it's me, my dad, my stepmom, and um, Bethany. It's a family business, right. but to scale and grow, you've you've got to keep that family business mindset. Very much so. But you've got to be able to show people that you care about them. So many people go to work every day and they hate it. Right, and that's just not the culture I wanted to have. You know, no. I don't want somebody walking in the door going, "Oh, great, it's Monday, and I got to go to work." Oh, I got to put a lift kit on. Exactly. You know, and then mosey around for a half hour, and then finally get to work. I mean, Grant gets there, you know, when he's supposed to. He's never late. You know, he does what he's supposed to, but he he actually likes what he does. So it's pretty cool to see you know somebody kind of have the same passion that you do for you know whatever business you're in. For us, it just happens to be. You know, decking out vehicles. Yeah, I believe it. So, um, speaking of SEMA, um, in some of the, the the relationships you've created and been able to foster, and even like mentors in your own field, right, um, that you've been able to find, one of my next questions was, how important is networking to you in your industry? And I would say, if you just look at the Scorpion guys and what they've been able, you've been able to learn and do with them, um, it's been cool to watch from afar. Um, how do you think that shaped you and um, how important do you think more networking is and that sort of stuff with people in your industry, not just consumers? Well, I actually go back when I was a little kid. and Santa Claus. <clears throat> you know, my mom is probably one of the best networking people that I know. So my mom is in healthcare. Yep. Um, she meets families and explains hospice. It's not a good time in people's lives when she goes out there. I can't imagine. But she has built a reputation as far as networking. She has hospitals that will only refer to her, and it's all because of networking. So as a young kid, I watched mom build you know, 20 years, 25 years worth of relationships mm-hmm. into what she has today. So you know, she can basically walk in to a job if somebody wants her. And say I can bring these people on board because it doesn't matter what company she goes with; they people know mom's going to take with her, right? Right. So I think that's one of the biggest lessons that my mom taught me. So I kind of transferred that into I tricked out, and we started the business. I just started talking to people. Actually, how I got do? actually how I got hooked up with Scorpion um, is I was at a trade show. I went there just to 
see all the new stuff, and it really wasn't new, but I just wanted to meet people and just talk to them. How old were you? 20. How old, or did you go with anybody? Did you go No, I went by myself. I actually went a day before, actually not even a day before. It was on a Friday, and I went down to the Indianapolis Convention Center for a, they called it the work truck show, and it was where all these manufacturers come in. That night at 7.30, I was leaving for Panama City Beach to go to spring break with six of my buddies. Yeah. But that morning, I was there bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and I just wanted to meet people. Because at that point, I was a year in the business, and I was like, I just need to meet people. Were you anxious? Oh, yeah. I was nervous. Oh, my gosh. I went to a networking event last Monday, or last Thursday, and it was just beers with insurance agents. Right. And they were all there, and everybody's so much older than me anyways. I walk in the room and nobody even looks up from their drink. I'm like, "Yep, this is uncomfy." Well, and I think that's a that's a hard a hard thing too. Is you're being you know, you're a young entrepreneur. You know, in my case, I was 20. To get anybody to take you serious, or to just to talk to you, right? Because I mean, they're not looking at me. They're looking at me, going, "Okay, you're just some kid that works at a shop." No, I actually own the place. So I just wanted to go and meet people. Well, I actually ran into uh, Bo Batten uh, with Scorpion Protective Coatings. And hit it off with Bo. He was probably the only guy there that actually gave me the time of day. Yeah. And we talked for, I don't know, it was probably an hour at this show. Really? And we really just hit it off. I mean, he's just a nice guy. Still, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. I called him last week just to, hey, I hadn't talked to you. How you doing? Yeah, I mean, came your way. It wasn't even about, we didn't, yeah, we didn't even talk about business. It was just, hey, man, how you doing? So... Networking to me is is huge. Um, I've been fortunate to build a lot of good relationships, um, either vendors that we have or you know, clients that we um, you know service. You know, a, a big one for us is IMI. Yeah, um, I built a vehicle for the owner of IMI now, his son, and had no idea that's who it was. Yeah, and just started talking to him and they picked the truck up and we sat there and talked for an hour and a half still had no idea who they are yeah. handed me his card and said give me a call we'd like to maybe do some business with you and i looked at the car it said you know price irving and then, and then it said president ceo i had no idea that's who it was yeah uh i think so and i'm so many people get nervous and they feel like they have to oversell to somebody in a networking situation because i want you to like me but all you have to do is be yourself, be honest, show your passion. Right. People love passionate people, and if they can see you're disinterested or you know maybe not fully engaged in the conversation, then they're easily turned off. Right. Um, the nice thing about you is um, you you definitely know how to talk to people, and you're genuinely genuinely interested in what they have to say. Well, yeah, you know, if I'm not interested in something, it's I mean, I'm just not interested. But yeah. You know, for me, if somebody's talking, you know, give them your full attention. You know, I've 100%. built a lot of good relationships, you know, that have started in business but actually became friends, you know, because of it. I think so many people look at networking um, in an ulterior motive in a money mindset. They don't look at it as trying to build relationships right. first. See, they, where I, I they, go into it the opposite way. Yeah, they go out with their hand out. I just, I just sit there and, I mean, I'd talk to a brick wall if it talked back and probably not even if it... You know, yeah, talk I could back talk for hours. Exactly. So you know, I just I, I'm always interested in people and other people, especially other businesses. Yeah. Not even anything to do with what we do. 
I'm just interested in, you know, hey, how'd you get started? Yeah, because like one every, of these conversations. Exactly. Everybody, everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is different how they got started. And so, they love to tell it. Exactly. Well, because they're proud of it, and they should be, because it's hard. You know, it's not easy starting a business. So, no. um, networking for me is huge. You know, in the industry, it's more about who you know than it is anything. Who you know, not what you know. Exactly. So, it's just one of those things that, yeah, you have to do it if you're not networking. I don't want to say you're behind, but I think you're going to be behind somebody that is. Well, and I think so many people, um, when it comes to networking, can learn so much from other people in their field where it doesn't have to feel like competition. Right. So many people are scared to talk to people that are like local in the exact same business as them and asking, hey, what are you doing versus what I'm doing? Oh, maybe I'm behind. They, they don't want to have that uncomfy conversation where they're like, maybe I'm not doing something right or maybe I can you know edit my process and procedures to become more efficient. Exactly. But they're scared that their competition now knows that they're behind and they're going to somehow take advantage of that. Which is crazy because you're always going to have competition. That's how this works. Yeah, I, that It's a good thing to have competition. In my personal opinion, because yeah. it makes you want to do better, and then it's going to make them want to do better, which makes you want to do better. Yeah, growing or slower. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem talking with other people in the industry. SEMA was fun to you know, go out there, and I mean, you obviously have probably two million people that go out there for that show. I mean, it's just, it's packed. That's insane. And it's the entire convention center in Vegas. So to be able to go out there, you know, when we went out there. It's overwhelming because there's so much stuff out there. Isn't that what Vegas is all about? <laughs> yeah, but overload? you know, I'm in the industry, so I see this stuff all. I see nice vehicles day in, day out. We do all this stuff. So SEMA is where they un they they release all the new stuff that they're coming out with. We're the first people to see it. Hasn't been on the internet. Starting the day that SEMA opens, a lot of times the first day they'll post maybe something little, you know, on like their social media accounts. But they want everybody, shop owners, to get out there and see it before. And then they start hammering the advertisements and, and, and that kind of thing. So to be able to go out there and talk to just other people in the industry, you know, not just people in our local area, you know, Joe that owns a shop in Texas or, yeah. you know, whoever owns a shop out in California, they're seeing different things than we are. But it's cool just to be able to sit down and talk to guys and say, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? What do you guys mainly do? Yeah. We just met a ton of people out there. So it was really cool to... Um, be able to talk to them and you know, see what works for them and you know doesn't work for them and works for us and doesn't work for us and that kind of thing. And I think that having those light bulb moments when you're talking to somebody new, right? There's sometimes you're talking to somebody and they're saying something so interesting that that light bulb in your head's like, we got to do this. Now. Exactly. Well, We're, it almost gives you that like that like you said light bulb, but it almost like kind of reenter energize you a yeah, little bit. Yeah, if you get kind of burnt out. See, yeah, if you see some other guy like real passionate about what they're doing, they're like, man, you got to do this, you got to check this out, and then you're like, oh, all right. Well, then it gets your you know gears turning, and then you get fired up about it, and, and then you just want to go do <laughs> yeah. do whatever. Yeah, and I would say like even people that aren't in the same industry, like you and I, the last three weeks, we I call you on a Tuesday on my way home from work, and we talk for 55 minutes about social media marketing. <laughs> exactly. And, because it's just... We're both kind of like in that growth mode, growth mode, growth mode. Hey, look what I found today, blah, 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 emails. Like exactly. we, I sent you a um, – no, I left your voicemail and I said, hey, I got an idea. Then we talked about it for 75 minutes. Exactly. We were on the phone for a while. And it's it's beautiful to have those conversations with people. Well, I think you kind of have to too. I mean 
you, you can't, you know, there's only, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but there's only so much I can tell my wife. I mean, she, she needs to know it, but she's not doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to talk to other people that are doing the exact same thing that you're doing. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, re-energizes you a little bit too of, you know, hey, maybe, you know, maybe try this or maybe try that or look at it from a different aspect yeah um then maybe what i'm looking at it and so. i think it it um it holds you accountable right yeah. if, if i tell somebody i have this brilliant idea and i'm really passionate about something i can't just let it go to waste because now it will be um, one of those things that falls to the back burner but it's just one of those things where you're always trying to grow and if you don't grow next thing you know you're just slowing down so Adam and I were able to leave that in a really cool place. Um, Adam is one of my greatest sounding boards and a really good friend. And it was really awesome to kind of sit down and talk about entrepreneurship, um, you know, from his perspective. And I think he gave a lot of really cool insights into what it's like to be young and in a relationship and trying to trying to figure out and navigate um, you know, this this world we live in. So. Adam's an awesome guy. His uh, business is Tricked Out Car and Truck Sales. I will go ahead and leave a link to it in the show notes. We'll tag the heck out of him on the way into this. But you know, Adam's a big part of what we do and huge on social media marketing. So if you have any questions, reach out to him directly. Uh, reach out to me and I can get you hooked up with him. But we had a blast. <laughs>